Hey, good morning, church. All right, and I want to say good morning out to our Stone Canyon Verders campus. Anybody online with us, uh, tracking with us, we're glad to have you with us as well. Yeah, my voice is a little, uh, little deep today. Still recovering from Friday night's football game. All right, been, uh, we yelled a little bit, and I did yell a little bit last night at the TV as well. But anyway, um, hey, before we jump into the message, um, I do want us to pause uh, here this morning. Uh, I don't know if you've you know, been tracking on the news and seeing things happening uh, in our area um, couple of things uh, that have been, I've had several people just making sure I was aware of and everything, but um, after the Friday night football game, maybe you heard about uh, uh, on Cooper, number 11 on Union. Um, if you watched the game, I know a lot of you were there, I saw you, but, but uh, he's one of the running backs and uh, after the game collapsed, uh, had a concussion, went uh, to the hospital, had brain surgery that night, now he's in ICU. Uh, so, uh, you know, a lot of people hurting for him and his family right now, and so I want to just pause and pray for him. On top of that, uh, everything that happened with, at BA, uh, Jameson West, young man, junior, who uh, uh, took his life uh, by jumping off of the stands after the game, um, uh, that has left that community, Broken Arrow community, in uh, uh, hurting just hurting, and uh, so uh, we, I, we just thought, you know what, well, it would be good for us to, to pause and lift up um, both those situations in prayer to God, okay? So let me just lead us in that right now before we jump into things. God, we, uh, we do want to come to you, and uh, we don't want to get uh, lost in all of our uh, repetitions and things that we do here and not, not pause and think about life and uh, what we see happening around us. and uh, God, we know we live in a fallen world, a broken world, a dark world, and, uh, uh, and there are hurts that happen uh, in our lives and the lives of those around us. And so God, we just want to pause, just thinking of uh, Kivion, and uh, just pray, we pray for healing for that young man, uh, that he would have complete healing. Uh, of his brain, and that you continue to lead the doctors and nurses they work with him. And, and so we lift him to you. We pray for his family as well. And we pray, God, we don't know where they are in faith, uh, but God, we pray that this will be a time they will look to you to find hope, and that your people will surround them and love on them, and, and uh, that in this uh, difficult, dark time, that uh, uh, they'll, they'll experience you, God like never before. And so we, we lift that young man to you. God, we pray for the Broken Arrow community as uh, uh, they are mourning the loss of uh, Jameson and, uh, and dealing with uh, the aftermath of that and just the impact that that can have on so many young people in that community. And so, uh, God, we, we just lift that community to you and uh, pray that uh, in this difficult time that, again, your light will shine out into the darkness. Uh, people will find their hope in you. Uh, they'll find their answers in you. That young people who are searching that might find themselves in that same uh, place as Jameson found himself, they would, that they would look, look to you and that your people, that we <laughs> would have our eyes open to see people who are hurting and uh, that, we would, that we would run to them and uh, come to them, go to them with, with a your message of hope and love. And so God, we, we lift uh, the BA community to you. We lift Jameson's family to you. And uh, just pray, God, that you'll do a good work in, in the midst of that tragedy. God, uh, now, right now, we, we pray for uh, uh, what you're going to do here. 
Uh, thank you for the worship we've had at all of our campuses so far this morning. And uh, God, we pray now as we open your word that you would open it up to us, that our minds would be open, our hearts would be open to receive from you what you desire to do in us today. And God, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, hey, uh, Proverbs, head over to the book of Proverbs. If you have your Bibles with you or on your device, that's where we're going to be at today as we're starting our new series uh, over the next, uh, over this month, uh, month of October, we're going to be walking through the book of Proverbs uh, every week. And so I hope that you'll be tracking with us. Uh, uh, I encourage everybody starting today to read a chapter out of Proverbs uh, every day, all right? There's 31 days in October. There's 31 chapters in Proverbs. It just works out that way. And so I uh, thought, hey, how great it would be if all of us would track together uh, through the book of Proverbs. Obviously, in five sermons, we're not going to cover everything, all right? There's a lot of great wisdom in there, uh, uh, but we would love everybody to read through and, uh, and pull out uh, everything that God's wanting to put on your heart as you walk through that. Uh, let's just give a little bit of the details of uh, the book of Proverbs. Uh, it is a book of Proverbs. <laughs> Imagine that, all right? Uh, lots of sayings of wisdom, uh, nuggets of truth that we can apply to our lives, written mostly by King Solomon, if you know anything about his story, son of King David, uh, with a wisdom that was from God that uh, uh, many would say that has never, has, has never been matched since, that he was the wisest man that ever lived because it was indeed from God. And so what we get to read of his wisdom in the, the book of Proverbs, Proverbs, as well as Ecclesiastes and Song of Solomon, is just, just a little bit of what uh, he was believed to have written and conveyed during his lifetime. And so it, it, was, it was typical that kings from all over would, would come to, to sit uh, at Solomon's feet to, to hear from his wisdom. And we have the opportunity at any moment to open it up and hear from his wisdom. And that's what we're going to be uh, doing over the next several weeks is just hearing from the wisdom of uh, Solomon, uh, uh, really from God that he brought to us uh, through Solomon. And there are many great, again, there are many great sayings of wisdom. You know, we live in a, in a world, we live in a culture, a, a time where, where we, can, uh, we can hear a lot of great sayings, right? A lot of great wisdom sayings in our, our culture today, right? And maybe you can think of some, I mean, somebody even just this morning, you know, reminded me of John Wayne, you know, with his statement of, uh, you know, life's tough, it's tougher if you're stupid, you know, you ever heard that one? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good one. Right, let me see if you can uh, pick out who some of these people are, all right? Um, here's the quote, your time is limited, don't waste it living someone else's life. You know who said that? Anybody? Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs of Apple, a good wisdom, all right? Don't, don't be trying to live everybody else's life. Live your own life. Know what God's called you to. Talked about that last week a little bit. Here, here's one. This is actually an unknown, but I just thought it was really good. Uh, before you criticize someone, walk a mile in his shoes. That way, if he gets angry, he'll be a mile away and barefoot. That's, that's pretty good right there, all right? That's wisdom. <laughs> that's good. Uh, okay, some of you will pick up on this one pretty quick. Um, and the hater's going to hate, 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 hate. Yeah, you know, don't you? Taylor, Taylor Swift, yeah, Taylor, you know. God bless her. Good, great, great wisdom. Some of you will get this one pretty quick. I'm not actually sure which person said this, but simply, don't be an idiot. 
that was on the office, all right? And, you know, somebody shared that with me this week. I, yeah, that's, a, that's pretty good. Just don't be an idiot. Um, okay, here, here, this one, yeah. Uh, do not, <laughs> do or do not, there is no try. Who is it? Yoda, yeah, Yoda. Yeah, yeah, good old Yoda. And then most of you will get this one, all right. I pity the fool. Mr. T, yeah, that's right, okay, yeah, great, great words of wisdom from our culture, right, that's, oh man, that's sad, anyway, um, you know, today in our culture, there are many who believe they possess wisdom and, and strive to convey wor- what they believe to be words of wisdom, but in reality, much of what is being uh, spewed out into our culture, whether it be through media, through through songs, on social media, however, uh, what tends to come out is just, just simple uh, platitudes, empty platitudes or, or opinions that really have no truth as a foundation under them. But so often we pick up on them and we think they are so wise. But that's not so with Solomon. The things that he talks about, as we read through here, uh, are, are founded on God's truth, God's wisdom. The, the key verse in Proverbs that many would say, would point out, this, this is the one that everything hinges on, is what we find over in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, it says this, and, and so, let's track along here. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Do you notice the contrast? You're going to hear this a lot as you read through Proverbs, a, a contrast. One, one truth being backed up by an opposite truth, but yet still making the same point, all right? That's the contrast. And that's why we've entitled this whole series Contrast, because there's this there's this play. This, it's not just a literary instrument being that Solomon uses and other writers use, but it's this play that we see throughout the storyline of Proverbs. And yes, there's a storyline in Proverbs. Sometimes we think it's just a bunch of random statements that are made, but, but there seems to be the storyline of, of a father speaking into the heart of a young man that just listen to this and listen to this kind of life that you could have and that you hope for, but if you don't strive for this life, this is the life that you will have, a life of wisdom compared to this life of foolishness and folly. And he contrasts the two throughout there throughout the through book. And so this whole series, we're going to look at different contrasts that, that Solomon gives us through the book that, that we can look into our lives and really ask the question, which one am I? Where am I at? And so today we want to just talk about the fool versus the wise. The fool versus the wise. Really building a foundation for us to build the whole series off of. And just asking that question, are we, are we living foolish lives or are we living lives of wisdom? It seems to me, again, Solomon seems to be laying this out for this young man, contrasting, here's the life you could have, but it will be, it's beyond just these statements of wisdom and foolishness, but to say our life, if we will live out this life of wisdom, we will, we will live in contrast to the world around us. 
And as followers of Jesus, that's really what we're called to, isn't it? I mean, we're called to live a life that, that stands in stark contrast to the world around us, the world of darkness that, that we live in. I, I think that's what uh, Paul was getting at over in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, whenever he says, do not be conformed to this world. Don't let the pressures of this world push down on you and mold you into its making, its shaping, but instead be transformed into the image of God. Over in First Peter, Peter there says this, we are aliens and strangers in this world. He says, hey, well, this isn't our world. We're, we're supposed to be different in this world. We're supposed to stand out in great contrast. And so it's the wisdom of Proverbs that I think will help us and lead us in living this life of contrast in this world. And, and uh, so I'm excited about where this is going to take us. And I think it's so interesting. And you look at these words that were written thousands of years ago, and they're still so applicable to us today. All right? Uh, I mean, we still are dealing in our human nature, still dealing with so many of the exact same things. And so I hope you'll hear a lot of truth as we walk through this. Let, let's, uh, let's start off here by just kind of defining wisdom and foolishness. All right, Wisdom, if we put a definition on that, would simply be this, the ability to use knowledge aright. The ability to use knowledge aright. There's, there's uh, many of us that have a vast amount of knowledge, but, you know, when it comes down to just being able to use it, we just fall short sometimes, you know? It's that practical usage of the knowledge that we have gained. A fool is this, is a person who is considered to be self-willed, headstrong, a headstrong person who will listen to no advice, all right? That's the fool. Don't want to listen to advice, think they've got it all together. Matter of fact, I was listening to a, a, or reading an article just this week talking about uh, our, our kids today and really asking the question, have we failed our kids today, and specifically in our nation, in, this, uh, in our educational system, just pumping them full of information. And I don't, I'm not want to say anything about our teachers. I love our, our teachers, and many of you, it's the system that we find ourselves in uh, and called to kind of teach towards the test, and that's where some teachers stop. Uh, and, and many good teachers go beyond that, striving to help uh, bring wisdom into our kids' life. But some, is, it's just pump the knowledge, pump the knowledge and intellect to, and, and teach towards the test. And, and there's no wisdom. How do you use it? How's this going to be practical in the life of our kids? And, and so that was the challenge of the article. Are we, are we failing our kids? And in essence, raising up a bunch of fools because they have the head knowledge, but they don't know how to use it in life. Go back to that, for that verse we talked about, that key verse, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. Let's look at that again real quick. It says this, and, and, and let's do it again. The fear of the Lord, hear that. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. If we're going to be wise, it starts out with having an accurate understanding and a respect for God. The fear of the Lord, a respect for His power his awesomeness. That's where it starts. God, recognizing God is in himself perfect wisdom. And as we look at him, we worship him, we lift him up, we are recognizing his perfect wisdom that we, we get to really participate in as being a part of his creation, that in his creative order, we get to witness his wisdom. I mean, you think about all that it took for God to bring all things into creation. And then from there, continue to hold all things together. And then from there, 
present a gospel to bring salvation, to work a plan, including his son, who Jesus is the embodiment of his wisdom. We get to see all of this and recognize all this and participate in his wisdom, recognizing his perfect wisdom. We've got to start there. If we're going to be wise, we've got to recognize the wisdom of God. I'm not telling you we've got to understand the wisdom of God because <laughs> we can't. I mean, His wisdom is so far beyond our wisdom. We, there's no way. If we, listen, if we could understand the wisdom of God, He wouldn't be much of a God, would He? And that's where some people get hung up. Atheists who want to uh, challenge God and challenge the existence of God, and they, they can't understand Him, or they think they've figured it out, and it's like, no, 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 you can't, no can't. If you could, he wouldn't be a God. The God you're seeking after is not our God because he's way beyond all of us. For our wisdom to, for us to start towards wisdom, it starts with having a awe and respect for the wisdom of God and even an understanding that Jesus himself is wisdom. I think Paul was saying that over in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30. He says this, you are in Christ. He's talking to believers. You are in Christ who became to us wisdom from God. He's the embodiment of wisdom. Listen, those who seek wisdom, and I'm going to challenge you through this whole series to seek wisdom. We need a few people that seek wisdom. Those who seek wisdom seek God. Those who seek wisdom seek God, whether they know it or not, because he's the source of all wisdom. And so in this series of seeking wisdom, really, in essence, we're saying, let's, let's seek God. Let's grow deeper in, into him. I, I believe that because we are created in his perfect image, uh, inside of each one of us, in our DNA, there is this desire, this longing to be wise, to strive for wisdom. Some act on that desire and seek wisdom. Others, unfortunately, do not. So I, I challenge us. I hope it will be a, a people who will seek wisdom. All right. So where I thought we'd go um, with this uh, uh, starting message is uh, just uh, maybe give some uh, pointers on how to be a fool. All right. Let's look at the antithesis here. Four easy steps to be a fool. All right. As we look at this uh, contrast between the, the wise versus the fool, uh, the first uh, easy step, really, uh, to become a fool is simply this hang out with fools. All right? Hang out with fools. All right? Uh, maybe you've heard the saying, you know, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. <laughs> maybe you've uh, uh, had these, if, if you have kids or teenagers, maybe you've had this conversation with them about who they're hanging out with. All right? I know we've had that uh, discussion in our home before. But we need to pay attention to who we hang out with. If you want to be a fool, you hang out with fools. Look at Proverbs 13.20. Right? It says this, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. That's good. But listen to this, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. The companion of fools will suffer harm harm. Who we allow, who or what we allow into our circles of influence are going to have an incredible impact on our lives. And if we allow people or information, I'll put it that way, into our lives that is foolish, according to that scripture, it's not going to end well. Not only is it the, I, I believe it's not only the people that we allow in our lives, but, but the music, the shows, the, the social media that we allow into our lives, it, 
if it's foolishness, it has an incredible impact on us, and it will not end good for us. According to Solomon, it's, it's just, it's, it's not good to surround ourselves with fools and foolishness. But, but again, look at how he begins that verse, the contrast. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. You know what that tells me? There's hope for those who lack wisdom. I mean, if we get to the end of this, and you're like, oh, man, I'm, I'm hurting. Or if you're thinking of your kid right now, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, dear God, may he hear this. Um, I said he or she. Uh, there's hope. He who walks with the wise becomes wise. There's, this pr- there's a progression there. They can become wise if they surround themselves with the right people. Whenever I was in youth ministry, we had a student that, started coming some, and, and uh, good kid, t- tough kid, tough background, and he went to Youthquake with us, and, uh, and at Youthquake, gave his life to Christ, we baptized him at, at Youthquake, and man, we were all excited, big football player, and uh, he had uh, college, colleges already looking at him and stuff, and we're excited for him and everything, but he, but he had a really rough home life, and he had some not so good friends, and we were trying to, hey, he had a small group leader poured into him when he was trying to help him to, because there's, listen, listen, in our faith, there are times we've got to, we have to separate ourselves from, from people, from the wrong influences, and so we counseled him towards that and tried to help him to do that, but he didn't, and, and eventually he got involved into gangs, and he was not very far out of high school at all before he was in prison. After three years of prison, he got an early release, and he uh, came uh, home to his grandma's house. And we, me and, and his small group leader, again, we, we're over there, and we're meeting with him, and we're pleading with him and helping him and praying with him. And he's crying, and he's, he knew the steps he needed to take. And, and he was released in April, and by May, he was back in prison. He went right back because he just kept surrounding himself with the wrong influences. There's this kid that all this potential, and, and maybe you've got names and you've got stories going through your mind right now of very similar situations that you've seen happen in your life, in your friends' lives, and people you know. Foolish influences can destroy your life, but influences who are wise, who bring wisdom, can help you to become wise. And lead you to a much better life. So, first easy step, surround yourself with fools. Second easy step is this, believe everything you hear. Just believe everything you hear. Don't investigate, don't, don't uh, uh, examine the, whether anything's true or not, just, just believe it all. And of course, in our culture right now, you're hearing all about fake news. <laughs> That's all over the place. And, and just in the last month, there's been a number of things that have come out that have, after they hit headlines, legitimate news headlines, they were determined to be fake. Here's just a few headlines that uh, came out over just the last month. Uh, Fox Sports cancels all NFL broadcasts until players respect the flag, okay? That was, you know, you hear that, and it's like, oh, yeah, who's going to? No, a literal a news agency picked that up and ran with it, and then they had to come back and retract it. It's like, really? Uh, here's one. Um, Joel Olstein. Okay, if you know who Joel Osteen is, preacher down in the uh, Houston area in time of the floods, mega church preacher. That guy, he does it. All right. It's all good. Um, I shouldn't do that. 
Uh, Joel Osteen sells luxury yacht through flooded Houston to pass out copies of his book, Your Best Life Now to Flood Survivors. <laughs> the name of his boat was the SS Blessed in the story, all right? Okay, that was written by uh, the Babylon Bee satirical Christian site, all right? And a legitimate news agency picked it up and ran with it. It was like, are you serious? Fake news, all right. Here's another one. Um, this one could cause your heart to stop, all right? Reese's peanut butter cups to be discontinued. Hershey's jumped on that. No, they're still on the shelves. Don't, you know. But somebody ran with that one, all right? Fake news. Don't believe everything you hear unless you want to be a fool. Here's how Solomon says it, Proverbs 14, 15. The simple believes everything. The simple believes everything, but the prudent gives thought to his steps. Now, you might say, well, that doesn't say the fool. It says simple. Well, the idea of a simple person, the literal term there is open. Their, their minds are open to anything. They're ignorant. They're easily uh, deceived, all right? It's very similar to the word fool. Now, today, unfortunately, many times uh, people define Christians in this way, that, that oh, well, to be a Christian, you must just believe everything. I mean, you believe in a God who created everything and a God who parts seas and has people get swallowed by fish and crazy stuff like that. I mean, you must believe anything. The irony, irony is most people who say that about Christians say that because they heard it from somebody else and they never investigated Christianity on their own. <laughs> How do you process what you hear? How do you determine whether something is true or not. The fool processes little and bases something's truth upon their feeling or maybe their experiences. The wise examine everything and run it through the filter of the truth of God's word. So believe everything if you want to be a fool. Number three, easy step. Run your mouth. Figure that's about the easiest way to put that. Just run your mouth. Uh, just, just let it go, all right? Uh, some, of us, some of us just don't think before we speak sometime, right? You know, foot and, foot and mouth disease. Maybe you had that before. You can think of the times. Here's what Solomon says over in Proverbs 15, 2. The tongue of the wise commends knowledge. Here's the contrast, though. But the mouth of fools pour out folly. Pour out folly. Word poor means plentifully, continually, promiscuously, or vehemently, as a fountain does water. There's a tombstone over in a little country church cemetery over in England. And on this little tombstone, you can barely read it, but the epitaph says this, Beneath this stone, a lump of clay, lies Arabella Young, who on the 24th of May began to hold her tongue. <laughs> Apparently, she had a problem with her tongue. Do you have a problem with your tongue? Just let it go. And all kinds of things come out of it. You see, the wise use discernment on what we allow to come out of our mouth. We have control. We strive to have control over that tongue that is so hard to control. To, to control, but the fool just lets it go. And I, I would say in our culture, this goes beyond just verbally what we say, but on what we put on our social media. Oh, I heard somebody groan on that one. <laughs> 
when we just go let our rants go and we throw it all out there for everybody to see and how terrible my day was and how terrible so-and-so is and da-da-da-da, and we just let everybody know how we feel. There's no wisdom in that. But the fool, the fool just lets it go. James speaks to the damage that can be caused by a tongue whenever he talks about it being a spark that can set a whole forest on fire if we don't control it. The wise control their mouth. Uh, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19. Here's, here's where Solomon takes it. When, when words are many, transgression is not lacking. When there's a lot of words, mouths are running, trans- transgression is not lacking. There's going to be issues. There's going to be problems when there's lots of words. But whoever restrains his lips is prudent is wise. Control the tongue. James, brother of Jesus, again, he talks about the tongue uh, several times in, in his letter. If you go to James 1.19, this is what he says. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Sometimes, all the time, we just need to slow down. Pay attention to what's going to come out of our mouth. So how's your mouth? How's your mouth? Fools let it run. Gossip, perversion, lying, put-downs. But the wise control it. Only speaking what is useful and what builds others up. Uh, last easy step. In case none of the worst of them work for you, you can try this one. Might get you there. Always insist that your way is right. <laughs> Boy, that sounds like our culture. There's so many opinions flying around right now about racism, nationalism, patriotism, and all kinds of other isms right now. Nobody's slowing down to have a dialogue with anybody about it because everybody's right. And the fool says, I'm right. Do you know a know-it-all? Have you ever known a know-it-all? They just know everything. You know that they actually say, psychiatrists will say that kids actually go through a stage of know-it-all they call it the know-it-all stage of childhood, and they say it's usually between six and eight years old, and they, you know, they've learned some things, and they think that they're an expert in some of those things. They say the reality of it is they, they feel inferior in, one, in, in another area of their life, so, so they, they want to talk about all that they know about this specific area that they learned about in science class that week or whatever, and so it's know-it-all, and they say, oh, yeah, between six and eight years old. Actually, I think it goes until they're about 25. Um, anyway... Um, Noatolitis, I guess you could call it. The fool insists that their way is always right. Here's how Solomon says in Proverbs 12, 15, the way the fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. I think maybe the greatest difference between the wise and the fool is how they receive information, instruction, and correction. Again, look at 12, 15 again. Listen how it ends when it says this in the contrast, but a wise man listens to advice. Are you willing to listen to others who come to you with advice or even correction, discipline, or accountability? If we go back to that very first verse we talked about, the key verse of, of Proverbs Proverbs 1.7 says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Fools say, I know it all. 
I've already got wisdom. I've already got instruction. I've got life figured out. I don't need your help. I don't need your advice. That's what a fool says. But not so for the wise. If you back up just a couple of verses, if you go to chapter 1, verse 5 and 6, listen to what Solomon says here. Let the wise hear and increase in learning. See, wise people, they want to keep on increasing in their learning. And the one who understands obtain guidance. Even, even those who are of understanding, they want to continue to receive help and guidance through life. All right, Verse 6, to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. You see, the wise continue to pursue things that even are hard to understand, those, those things that seem hidden, those things that seem like a riddle. And you know what? Sometimes God is like that. Sometimes it seems like God is hiding things from us. In his word, you have to dig in. It's like mining for gold or diamonds or and you've got to dig in the, into the dirt and chip away some of the stone to find the truth, the nuggets of, of truth that God has wanted to reveal to us. And it takes effort. And the wise are willing to dig in and to do whatever it is to find more truth. Find more wisdom. But the fool says, nah, it's not worth it. I've already got it all. See, we never graduate from God's truth university. We never, we never age out. We never mature out. We never, we never uh, reach a point of wisdom that we've got all that we need. We all need to continue to pursue God's word and treasure it. Listen, the wise seek wisdom. Even the wisdom that comes from hard circumstances and hard conversations, wise people seek after it. The wise receive correction without being defensive. The wise accept responsibility without casting blame. The wise make immediate changes when we see that there is something better, a better way, a more wise way. The wise says, I will change. Because what is being shared with me is truth that lines up with God's word, and so my life needs to be changed in order to follow God more closely and more wisely. How do you respond towards those who come to you offering correction or accountability? Do you bow up? <gasps> what gives you the right to talk to me like that? Or do you receive it? appreciatively. I realize sometimes it's in the delivery. <laughs> but we can even receive wisdom from our own children if we'll drop our pride and listen. Again, James 1.5, you, you go back over to James, what he has to say, and I think this is great for those who find themselves listening, saying, wow, maybe I'm, drawn, I'm falling a little short in the wisdom department. Listen to what James says. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and, and it will be given to him. See, there, here's another little statement of hope for those who lack wisdom. You don't have to stay a fool. You can pursue wisdom, and it starts with asking God. 
where we started at the beginning, that, that that's where knowledge starts with, is having a fear of God, understanding how incredible and awesome and how vast His wisdom is. We pursue Him, and then we go to Him as the one of perfect wisdom and ask Him, God, I need Your wisdom, whether it be in my life and how I live, or maybe it's a specific circumstance, but we go to Him and we ask Him, God, give us direction. We go to His Word and we find direction. We find wisdom. A.W. Tozer says this about the wisdom of God. He says, God is wise in Himself, and all the shining wisdom of men or angels is but a reflection of that uncreated effulgence. Effulgence meaning bright shining. That uncreated effulgence which streams from the throne of the majesty in the heavens, saying, our wisdom, whatever wisdom we have, it's only a reflection of that wisdom that comes from God. It's not anything from within ourselves. And so, therefore, if we want to be wise in this world, we'd be best to pursue Him and allow His wisdom to shine out into us. I hope you have wise people in your life, wise people that you can strive to emulate. I hope that you'll listen to this list of uh, four easy steps to uh, being a fool and say, yeah, I think I'll do the other side. <laughs> the contrast. And take the steps to being wise. It's not always, always easy to be wise. But I hope that you've surrounded yourself, you have people in your life that are wise. I, I've shared the story about my grandpa McCroskey before. He was a man that I always thought was so wise. Farmer, dairy farmer, great man. Long since been with, with the Lord. But I remember whenever we were over at uh, my grandma and grandpa's house one time, they just celebrated their 70th wedding anniversary, and my wife, uh, Steph, uh, just asked him, what's the secret? 70 years of marriage. And his simple, wise response was this, don't get divorced. <laughs> All right, there you have it. All right. <laughs> And that simple statement, I mean, there's just so much wisdom in there. I mean, he, he's saying so much, you know, you fight through, you work, you know, and try. And I, I don't want to belittle anybody who's found themselves there, but, man, just wisdom. So I was talking to somebody just last week, talking about their grandpa, who they'd been, his, their grandparents had been married 60 years. That's the uh, same question. How, how, do you be, how do you get to a place where you're married for 60 years? And the response was, start early. <laughs> there you go. More wisdom. I hope you have people that speak wisdom into your life that you can surround yourself with. I hope we'll be a people that seek wisdom. And remember, those who seek wisdom, we seek God. He's that ultimate source of wisdom. So the question today is, are you wise? Are you striving to be wise? Or are you a fool? Are you taking the easy route? which is the foolish route. Father in heaven, God, we, uh, we know every one of us make foolish decisions at times. God, every one of us, we, we, could, uh, we could be described as fools for some of the things we say and actions that we, we carry out. God, we... we we want to open our eyes up to see you, to recognize your vast wisdom that's so far beyond anything we can even hope for. 
And so God, we, we pray that you would help us to be a people that would, would pursue wisdom, that we'd seek wisdom, that we would get wisdom, as Solomon says, and that we would not settle for the easy life of just living foolishly. So God, we, uh, we pray that as we walk through this series over the next several weeks, that uh, this would have an incredible impact on us, your people, individuals in our lives, but even on our church. God, that we would just be open to what you're wanting to do and that we would seek your wisdom and not, not just think that we know everything <laughs> and we got it all figured out. Help us trust you in all things. God, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church, would you stand in-